Most of us reach adulthood with a burning desire to be approved of, liked, and loved exactly as we are. And if we grew up in a dysfunctional family, which, just so you know, most families today fall somewhere on this scale of dysfunction, this dynamic is even worse for us. The reason why this becomes such a burning desire when we grow up in one of these dysfunctional family dynamics is because usually in a dysfunctional dynamic within a family, you've got a parent who exhibits some kind of a detrimental behavior, a behavior that's detrimental to themselves and or the other members of the family. But they display an unworkability when it comes to changing that behavior. This puts every other family member in the position to continue to try to get them to change that thing about themselves and face consequences for doing so, or to accept and adapt to the dysfunction by enabling it. When they accept and enable it, leaving this person exactly as they are, they receive approval and positive feedback for doing so. When they do this with their dysfunctional family member, that family member, usually a parent, feels loved. And because of this, this becomes this subconscious definition in your mind for what love is. Specifically, your new definition of love is appreciating somebody exactly as they are and not asking them to change, even if they're exhibiting a dysfunctional or detrimental pattern that is harming themselves, you, and other people. When we have to change ourselves so that somebody else in our family doesn't have to change, what that does to us at a subconscious level, and oftentimes even a conscious level, is it makes us feel bad about ourselves. Ironically speaking, we don't feel like we are approved of, liked, and loved exactly as we are. And this sets us off on a lifelong mission. To be loved exactly as we are, approved of exactly as we are. Without having to change anything about ourselves, including what is dysfunctional. Ironically, we set out on a mission to unknowingly become the very thing that hurt us. We become inflicted with the very same wound that made our parents unworkable. And because that wound then makes us unworkable, we inflict the very same pain on the people in our lives that our parents inflicted on us as children. We damage them with our unchangeability. Because our subconscious, or maybe even conscious, definition of love is when we appreciate somebody or are appreciated exactly as we are without having to change anything, including what is dysfunctional or detrimental about our behavior, we set out to find this kind of love for ourselves. Our dream is to be in the same position in our adult life that our parents were in with us, where we have finally found somebody who appreciates us exactly as we are, who approves of us, likes us, and loves us exactly as we are without having to change anything, including what is detrimental and dysfunctional about us. We've decided that this is how to know if somebody really loves us, if they never ask us to change anything, if they never disapprove of anything about us. We want to be in a feel-good relationship the way we are, even if our behavior is not conducive to a feel-good relationship. We want our partner to make themselves compatible to us, even if they are not actually compatible to us. And to be honest with you, this often graduates so that the ultimate test of love is if somebody is willing to be in pain so that we can stay the way we are. To understand more about this, watch my video titled The Suffer So I Can Feel Loved Relationship Dynamic. When we have this pattern, this desire of ours, 
gets in the way of self-development, it gets in the way of personal expansion, it prevents us from changing anything that might lead us to a state of improvement. If what we want is to be approved of, liked, and loved exactly as we are, and to not have to change anything about ourselves, then recognizing any aspect of ourselves and looking at it in a negative light, or going about the work of trying to change anything about ourselves, seems to take us in the entire opposite direction from where we want to go. So, what do we do? We stay exactly as we are, and we become a brand new link in this never-ending family chain of people who continue this dysfunction. Oh, and our relationships become just a repetition of the same dysfunction. So that you can understand this pattern, I've got a real good example for you. Weston grew up in a home with a father that was really passive and took the back seat to his wife. Weston's mother was an incredibly controlling woman. Everything had to be her way. This included how Weston dressed, behaved, when and how his needs were met, and what his interests were. Weston was in a lot of pain about this. He was hungry but couldn't get food because his mother decided it wasn't time for him to eat. He wanted attention but couldn't get it because his mother decided she didn't want to give it to him and put no energy into finding someone else who could give it to him instead. He hated the preppy outfits she made him wear. They were uncomfortable and he always had to keep them clean. He longed to wear lounge clothes. He loved to spend time exploring, but his mother put him on a regimented schedule. He loved music, but his mother thought that was a useless interest and enrolled him in academic interests, which, quite frankly, he didn't excel at. When anyone had conflicts with her, there was no win-win to be found. She would simply get rid of the person. One particularly formative experience was when Weston's brother wasn't pleasing her and found himself, as a consequence, being enrolled in a behavior modification camp for boys and sent away from home permanently. All of this led to Weston becoming a very conflict-avoidant person. He coped with this dynamic by deciding that no matter what, he would make sure he did exactly what his mom wanted. He would please her, no matter the cost. Of course, Weston felt like he wasn't loved exactly as he is, but as a result of conforming to her ideals, he became the golden child. He demonstrated his love for her by approving of her exactly as she is and changing himself because she was unworkable. She would not change anything. In her mind, if her children were good and loved her, they would do exactly as she says. Because of all of this, now in his adulthood, Weston is on a subconscious mission. His subconscious mission is to be loved and approved of and liked and validated exactly as he is without changing anything. That includes everything about him that is not particularly functional, everything that he's doing that's not only detrimental to himself, but everyone around him. Recently, Weston moved in with his new girlfriend, Sahara. And to be honest with you, Sahara is suffering, big time. She's totally aware of these things that are detrimental, not only to him, but to her and other people as well. She wants him to change those things. When conflict arises, he refuses to engage and leaves the apartment. He spends all his free time listening to music and exploring places he hasn't been to in the city instead of finding ways to improve their financial situation, which leaves her to be the primary provider for the two of them. He leaves piles of things everywhere in the apartment because he hates to clean. His ill-fitting lounge clothes have holes in them and he wears them everywhere, even when it is totally inappropriate to do so. And she's pretty sure they don't want the same things in life. Many of these things don't only hurt Sahara. They're things that are sabotaging his success 
and his progression and the things that he wants. People don't take him seriously as a professional because of the way that he dresses. Because his apartment is such an incredible mess, he has a scattered energy. He's getting distracted often and he's always losing things. People find it impossible to be in a relationship with him because he does not handle conflict well. And conflict is an inevitable aspect of any relationship. He's stuck in a crappy financial situation in an apartment that he absolutely hates. And instead of finding a compatible relationship arrangement with Sahara, he's simply keeping things as is, which means the emotional tension in their relationship keeps rising to the point where the relationship is mostly negative now. Sahara is actually being more loving to Weston, and one could argue more in alignment with Weston's best interest than he himself is. Because of her willingness to recognize the things that he is doing, that are acting as an oppositional force to the very things that he is so desperately wanting, drawing his attention to those things, and essentially putting pressure on him to change those things. But Weston refuses to entertain this notion. In Weston's mind, if Sahara really did love him, she would not ask him to change anything. In fact, she would do the following. She would A, approve of the fact that he spends his time on music and exploring the city. Stop creating conflicts. Stop getting upset about all the dirtiness in the house or just clean it up herself without nagging him. Stop caring about what he wears, no matter where he wears it. Oh, and stop harping on all the ways they're incompatible and focus on the ways they are compatible instead. Because Sahara gets upset with him about these things, he tells himself she doesn't like him, she doesn't love him. Because if she did, she wouldn't be doing these things. She would leave him exactly as he is without having to change literally anything. And because he's decided this, he's put his foot down has become completely inflexible. He's demonstrating unworkability in his relationship. Weston refuses to change anything about himself. He slipped into a withdrawn, surly attitude because he feels Sahara isn't a good person because she keeps trying to change him. And he thinks that because she wants him to change, Sahara doesn't really value or love him at all. Of course, this just serves to make the relationship even worse. This pattern doesn't just extend to his girlfriend, though. It extends to literally everything in his life. Whenever Weston gets any negative feedback about anything about him, he automatically feels shamed, unseen, harmed, pushed in the opposite direction of what he wants. Weston recently attended a self-help seminar. When the speaker at that event told Weston that maybe he needs to think about changing some of his behaviors if he wants to have the kind of success that he wants to have, Weston got super, super defensive. He decided the speaker is not a good person. He thinks the advice he got is the opposite of what he needs to do. All he was really looking for was validation. All he really wanted was advice about how to get what he wants while staying exactly as he is. All he really wanted was to be told how to get the experience of being valued and loved the exact way he is and without changing. When the speaker explained that to get different results, you have to be willing to change, he decided that the seminar wasn't for him and simply didn't return after lunch for the afternoon segment. Weston is thwarting his own self-development. He is looking to stay the same. He is looking in the wrong places for validation and he is simply looking for people to approve of him exactly as he is and enable his dysfunction. 
but he is stuck in the illusion that this is progress and this is love. Weston doesn't see things about his behavior as being dysfunctional and as being detrimental to other people and to himself, even though that's the reality of these behaviors. That's the reality of these aspects of him right now. Because he doesn't see this, he feels like trying to change any of those aspects about himself is self-hating. When in fact, changing patterns that are detrimental to him would be a self-loving step. The reality is that without really intending to do so, Weston has become just as unworkable in relationships as his mother was with him. And now Sahara has found herself to be in the exact same position with Weston that Weston used to be in with his mother. When we fall into this pattern, we have decided on a subconscious level that if somebody loves us, we will know it because they will support our dysfunction. Of course, on a conscious level, we don't see it as dysfunction. We also fail to make a conscious choice about what aspects of us are dysfunctional and detrimental and therefore we want to change them, and what aspects about us are beneficial, even if other people might disapprove of them, and therefore we want to powerfully line up with them, own them, and accept them, and stand by them. When this is the case, guess what happens? We can't properly assess our compatibility. We can't properly assess our compatibility relative to people, places, things, anything. Situations, we're just going to walk straight in and expect them to make us right the way we are. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Incompatibility, a Harsh Reality in Relationships. I'm going to spell something out for you, like literally spell it out. When it comes to life, Knowing A, what you are willing to change and why, and B, what you are unwilling to change and why, is critical. You need to know where you can and where you can't be pliable in order to create the life you genuinely want. To love yourself ultimately means to act in alignment with your own best interests. If something about you is detrimental to yourself and to other people who are a part of you, and you continue to do it rather than change it, you are out of alignment with your own best interests. In this way, it can actually be profoundly self-loving to change something about yourself that is detrimental. Also, to love somebody is to take them as a part of yourself. When you truly do this, there's not a giant separation between their best interests and your best interests. What you end up with is the need to find a win-win because you can no longer be happy with them being unhappy to prove their love to you. Or you recognize your own unwillingness for changing that thing and the reason why, and you stand by it instead. And when you do this, this opens up this door where you must walk through in order to recognize and account for incompatibility. When incompatibility is an element because you're unwilling to change something that's causing somebody pain, you have to find that next best win-win. So given the incompatibility, what arrangement are we going to find so I'm not in pain and you're not in pain anymore? The more compatible we are with someone, the more likely it is that they're going to approve of us exactly as we are, but love is something entirely different. And both love and progress, i.e. self-development, imply some degree of making changes to ourselves. Have a good week.